Welcome, family. It's Friday. It's Friday. Happy Black History Month. Today's episode, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about my personal views on Black History Month, as well as some up-to-date facts on what's happening this week and the world. Welcome to episode two of Jay's Corner. This is your boy Jay here. First off, I want to just say happy Black History Month to everyone from the Black diaspora, whether you're American, Asian, African, Latin, and everything in between and around. Um, I think the month itself is a beautiful thing. Um, I question sometimes, you know, the approach and the delivery because it's still relatively new. But I definitely appreciate the fact that there is a Black History Month. Um, You know, I always start the takes off a lot of times with my own perspectives. And one thing I will say is about Black History Month, I've noticed this year it's been more of a positive approach. Um, I mean, I think usually during Black History Month, I mean, it's always in February, so it's always the shortest month. But I also believe that a lot of the things that happen in Black History Month, a lot of times are either to throw off um, the black pride and that unity because, you know, underlining, you know, we all know people hate it. But also I think it's just a matter of, you know, where the country and the world thinks about color now. Um, one thing I would say is this, even just this week of being uh, the first week of Black History Month, I haven't seen too much negativity. Uh, I mean, I know there's some movies coming out and there's a lot of things, you know, to throw off the idea of, what it means to be black or even like supporting Black History Month. But I've noticed overall, it's been a very, very good turnout. There's been a few inter movements I might talk about at another day or even later in this episode if I have time. Um, but I do want you guys just to know that like, you know, Black History Month this year is really powerful. And I think this year more than other ones is needed because everything's virtual. So even even last year leading up to um covid you know it was a regular black history but because of the, the trump presidency there was a lot of issues with race going on i think last year especially in the last four years you know looking back on it, there's been a lot of uh, homegrown black movements um even those that are international on this country that are going on have started uh but i do think that a lot of what's happening right now with black history month is directly connected to the new presidency, and I think it's just a, a collective wokeness around the world. I don't know if I've ever been in a time where I'm starting to see that black people are coming together. You know, if in so many words, I've, I'm definitely seeing a lot of unity lately. I think it still is a need for combined unity across the uh, pond, across, you know, different continents and around the world. Because overall, I think there is still a lack of um economic education in our community that, that we still i think i'm really seeing a shift in that this year uh but i think overall you know coming from you know the american idea of slavery chattel slavery to where we're at now i mean you know it's, it's, it's one thing to look at a, a people and, and judge them for where they are now but i think a lot of the context is black people we really need to look at where we come from i mean even just in the last 400 years i mean the the black name and just anybody that's of darker skin because i'm still a little hesitant to call everybody of darker skin black because i get it i think there is a lot of nationality uh even indigenous ideas that come into play with that because 
Listen, I know if you might be African-American, but you might not want to be called black or, or you might be of African descent or of Latin descent and you're darker skin, but you don't want to be called black. And for various reasons, I, I totally understand that everybody has their own identity and the ability to identify whatever you choose. So I agree with that. I just think that even the, the name of calling black people black people, we, we do have to limit that a little bit. And one thing I will say is that's one area where I feel like Black History Month it, it's it's starting to get there, but I think we still need to clarify that. And I don't know if it's, it'll be a way because Black History Month is so ingrained into much of the generation that's 35 and younger because we've been around since Black History Month started. And I think even with that idea, when we're looking at how the schools teach it, how even politicians and even like, you know, TV talks about black people, we're seeing a lot more of calling, you know, black people, black people. And, and, and I think we've gotten to a long place in this country and around the world where that's OK. You know, not everybody agree, but we can all agree to disagree. I think a lot of the public perception of it is positive. Now, we still have roles in our, you know, different avenues where we're in you know, different uh, sectors, whether it be you know, jobs or careers or even like, you know, different industries. But overall, I think there is a collective um less negative approach to the what is it to be black um one thing i would say is about this black history month i'm really encouraging myself to do more of is just and i think i do this every year but just research people you don't know um i think even i consider myself a historian especially of my culture and of black people well people of african descent or dark or brown color but i will say that i think that a lot of what I try to do during Black History Month is educate myself on stuff I may not know. So really trying to learn or even like reteach myself some of the teachings of famous people of the Black diaspora or even of those that may have been in Africa, the Caribbeans, America, Latin America, even Europe. I mean, I'm, and then the one thing I, I will say is that my new foundation is really looking at the origins of black skin in asia and really seeing like how those dynamics play around um and i I think one thing that has always been a misconception for me was that you know even like the region of asia europe and africa where those three split at you know how different people that have darker skin don't like to be called black and i think one of the biggest examples of that is india i mean when i look when when i really think about india i'm just so fascinated by the country itself I mean, it's an Asian country, but most of the people there are dark skinned and a lot of people are in different impoverished conditions where there's a, a kind of like a, you see that dividing rich versus poor gap there. I think they're a little bit ahead of where the rest of the world may be at. But but one thing that always throws me off about India is, you know, and I know that there are that those people are, will be considered black is because they have a lot of wildlife. I mean, even when you look at some of the shows they got on Netflix or uh, Nat Geo shout out Disney plus, you know, you see that there is a vastly distinct and very unique animal life to India, Bangladesh, and those areas around there. And most of the people there are of a darker skin, not necessarily the same texture as, as black, black Americans or Africans, but you could tell if you put them on a, a chart, if they white or black, then you go to the black side, you know, but a lot of Indians I've noticed you know, when you they say you know about minorities, they, most started cool with that. 
You talk about, you know, issues with Asian or even, you know, with people of color. They talk about that. But specifically as black people, there's a disconnect. And I think, you know, one thing we, we should like really, you know, research on ourselves is just how different areas are. Um, growing up in D.C., you know, I, I'm able to really look at and see different lives of people from coming all over the place, as well as, you know, working with people from different areas. Um, but one thing I would say is, even with that being said, you know, we all need to educate ourselves on just like where our surroundings are, where our education is and just like, you know, knowing more because none of us know all of it about what it is to be uh, black or is it be the Afro diaspora. No matter how much we like to tell our white people when they or, or check them when they say some wild shit. We don't know as much as we should know. And I think that's one of the problems where, you know, there's a disconnect with black people in Black History Month. If, I think if we all individually would, would appreciate our blackness or, or our, our, our melanin, our melanin in, in a sense of where we're not even necessarily where each of us individually are from, but where our hearts at. I think that that go a long way into lowering that negative association with being dark and brown. Now, I, I know one thing I've been looking at over the last um, couple years is really just trying to take away those stigmas. So, like, one thing I really did a great job at um, this week with well, some of my students was talking about the Haitian Revolution, but also painting a picture for them to say that, listen, we know a lot about chattel American slavery. We know a lot about how that affected us. Some of us might even be descendants of it, but we need to also break those stigmas of some of these terror and trauma traumatic events that's happened to us in our generations i mean listen I, I hate when people say you gotta get over slavery you gotta get over certain things that are systematic because it's ignorant to the fact of what when they really happen and it's very similar to what white people say about slavery now i want that my only point on slavery is i think that as much as it has it was over 150 60 whatever you name it years ago this country has only been around for 400 years. So if you're doing the math, I mean, what country? 1600? You can say start there. Because, you know, the African-American Museum starts our history in um, 1600. So what I'll do is, you know, when we talk about that history in America, you know, we, we need to understand because not all of us are American or born and, and none of us have connections to slavery. And I think that's the part that we really have to be careful about as, as a country moving forward, where we lose that disconnect and, and really not only just the disconnect, but just what we knew about slavery. I think a lot of our issues on slavery revolves around ignorance and, and understanding, but also the ability to forgive. We all know this country has not and probably won't forgive descendants of slave for what happened just because it opens up a whole total, total can of worms this country doesn't want to do. We even see with the representative um, what's her name? Taylor Gang or Taylor Green. Um, how, how this bitch just spewing off all types of of conspiracy theories which you know some you know you got all research yourself on your own. I'm not going there. But I also think that a lot of her issues come in play when from a white woman. You know what I mean? Like because the, the natural ability of, of uh, conspiracy isn't about white women. It isn't about black people. This and that. A lot of them, you know, because I mean, one thing I'll say about conspiracies is, you know, at one point in time, people thought that the MLK dying was a conspiracy. A lot of people thought that it was an inside job by the government. And this was probably up until to the, the 80s when they finally confirmed, you know, the holiday, the federal holiday for his birthday. But the thing was, you know, come back in 1999, you guys can research this on your own. There's government agencies that have since come out and said that, yes, there was a target on him. Yes, we did have a plan to either 
silence him, which, you know, you can encrypt the language how you want it. But basically, they kind of basically say, yeah, we did it. So so we also have to keep in retrospect a lot of conspiracy theories can be true eventually. So so I, I, one thing I would say is uh, what I don't like about this situation is this comes up during Black History Month. So so and, and listen, we one thing we tend to forget with conspiracies is the majority of conspiracies started with 9/11. A lot of people in this country fell into conspiracies even before 9/11. But really, then that's when the majority of these people now love it. Like so, the the Van Jones, not the Van Jones, Alex Jones, and those QAnon or or, or I don't know what what their name is. But the thing is about a lot of stuff that's happening right now is we have to understand that history changes every day. And if we aren't telling our story or if we aren't researching the whole story, then we're just going with the same narrative, the same rhetoric that has put many of us in either stereotypes or boxing us in as Americans or, you know, European driven. And I think that's where one thing Black History Month is trying to do and really trying to go against that, because now even this year, I think I've noticed some stuff that governments have come out to be you know true or false that at one point in time they never said so i think even with that black history month you know how that grows over time i think it's going to be a common sense on people and those that are you know not necessarily originated from the country to really take take that push the the you know this is the sad thing sometimes i know it's about black history month i feel like the sad part about it is only black americans truly embrace it now, you'll have your white folks with the Black Lives Matter shirts on that, you know, I, I'm not here to judge anybody's beliefs because one thing I would say is as much as white people, you know, can be inherently racist and um, emotionally racist for a lot of times, a lot of them really don't know what the fuck to do. A lot of them, you can sense that they're in a box and they're they're competing against their future versus their heritage which probably paid for their college education, their housing and for their kids to go to college. So I'm not here to judge white people or tell them to do the right thing. That's not I ain't white. That ain't my place. But for black people, I will say this. We need to be in a sense of getting over that emotional aspect of slavery and really looking at how the true dynamics of slavery work. A lot of things that we talk about with slavery is, you know, we, we've painted so much as a picture that it's, you know, it was brutal and that it was, you know, harsh. And even the sinners of slaves still don't have that money now. Very true. But one thing we don't talk a lot about is that it was a business. And, we, and I think when we say about slavery as a business first, that makes it understandable in a sense of why they didn't see people as people. I mean, we can get into the rhetoric about, uh, you know, how they view blacks and colorism. And you can go back to the way you know, color colorism was started in, 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 in Britain prior to America. So so it was a long history with colorism and trying to deviate the, the white versus black, you know. But one thing I would say is, even with all that being said, we also control in which the way we process slavery. Now, the only reason why there's always an, another slave movie that comes out in February every year or a liberation movie, which I actually don't mind the liberation movies, um, you know, I'll talk about that later, but I do feel like a lot of the slave movies are there to inherit the ones we want to see. Now, I know a lot of people talked about the movie Harriet, which I just couldn't see. Um, I can't lie. Like the last slave movie I really saw was, um, the Nat Turner one. And uh, I forgot what's the name. Um, uh, Parker, Parker, no, what's his name? Um, first name Parker, but great off, great, uh, great director, black director. And I think, no, he actually has another movie coming out very soon, too. But as far as slave movies go, man, I can't I can't get into them too much because 
if I get so deep to the movies, then I'm going to be so emotional that I'm going to look at every white person like, oh, so you, your people say a slave, this and that. But when you look at it from the business side, I'll tell you this. You look at the numbers very differently. You look at the the narratives very differently. And one thing I'm very cognizant on every Black History Month is not necessarily in my, my career, in my, in my you know professional career, but at least in my personal ability, really letting people know that, like, listen, man, I know a lot of black people are descendants of slaves and everything, but that's not the full picture. I mean, let, let's just think about this. How many of us actually has ties or knows of our family history dating back to 1864, 65, whatever? Not many of us do, right? I, now, I know myself, I know up until about 18-something, just from my family, but I'm also comprised of African-American, Native American, Indigenous American, and white American. So my family dynamic is a little bit different from the Midwest, and I understand that I can process that because I was able to speak to my great-grandmother. I was able to share ideas with her before she passed. I was even able to share ideas with her youngest sister, who, you know, shout out Aunt Margaret, the uh, matriarch of our family, you know, who's able to even share those ideas from, you know, when she was a kid back in the, the 30s and 40s. So, so one thing I would say is I, I challenge everybody, that if you're listening to this, especially if you're a person of color, whether you're from America, Latin America, Asia, Africa, wherever, look at, look at your black history. Look at where the lineage of people of color in your family started. And I guarantee you, it won't be looking at it so disheartening once you paint the picture. And, and, and honestly, don't even just run with the narrative of your what your family tells you. Because my great-grandmother, you know, I, I always thought for years, you know, we were black and Native American. And, you know, uh, I connected the traces back to the Mississippi, Missouri, those regions, even back to the 18, or late 1800s. Now, I know I had family members that were enslaved, but I also know that I had family members that probably owned slaves, too. And I think that's one thing we don't we tend to forget. Now, even now, the thing is about slavery, black people, and I'm going to keep it 100 with us. Now, see, we know all the facts about what happened in the 80s, 70s, 60s, even 50s, all these different civil rights movements. And thereafter, the, the crack epidemics, which produce a lot of entrepreneurships that we still even see today. Not necessarily in the rights of where the prison system is at, but just the mentality behind that. A lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of entrepreneurs. But we tend to not think about, well... If all these people were slaves and a lot of people died, then do the numbers add up? Because one thing I must say is when you look at the numbers, even if you look at the African-American Museum, because I've done this in my own time. If you ever been in there, just look at the numbers on those slave ships. Just look at the numbers that those slave ships have, like where they came from, what year, when. Because they'll, they'll trace it from about 1600 to 1800. And then once you do that, go back and look and, and research that shit online. Go on a website. You can even go to other websites. You can find different places. But really look at the numbers. Because every every year, I've done this for about three years. I do it with my students. I do everything. When you really look at the numbers, the majority of slaves went to the Caribbeans and, and uh, Latin America. Or what, what we know as the Americas there. You know, there was a, there were a few that, that, like, well, let me not say a few. When you look at percentages, I'm talking about a few. So as far as percentages goes, only 10% of those that were enslaved, that were brought on slave ships from Africa to the Americas actually went to the 13 colonies. A lot of them actually went to the Caribbeans, to Brazil, and, and in those areas, they had sugar canes, sugar plantations, and sugar plantations were ruthless. 
You know, we all drink coffee. We all drink liquor. We all have about a sugar beverage almost once a day. Most of us. Shout out to the vegans and those who don't. But for everyone else, we all have sugary beverages or sugary, you know, diets. But literally most of the slaves that were in the Caribbeans or in, in you know, South America, as we would know it today, probably either died or had to fight for their rebellion to be free. Now, most of the slaves that were in America, they started coming toward the end. But the point I'm trying to say is one thing America does a great job at is blurring the line. And I think we've noticed that even with some of the conspiracy theories we hear about events that we know have happened, but we may not know the 100 percent of the truth. And one thing I'll say is before I close out my thoughts on Black History Month is I encourage everyone to research their lineage, whether it's their white, black, Asian, Hispanic, wherever. Research that shit because a lot more of us understand that, especially once you research it, you have a lot more in common with someone you may think is an enemy than you think. And for a lot of black people, a lot of us have been running around that same rhetoric that we are descendants of slaves, we ain't come from shit, so that means we don't never need shit, and we don't never have shit. But a lot of us have been tricked. Because listen, even if your family was a descendant of a slave, that means they had to survive for your ass to be here. We never think about that. We never think about the slaves that survived to move on. Forget the, the, the methods they had to do to do it. Sometimes in those obstacles, is about survival. And a lot of us that are people of color, especially in this country, we have to understand that we have that inside of us. We have that ability to change. We have that ability to survive. But more importantly, we have that ability to thrive and grow and sustain. And that's what we really need to focus on. Because every time we think about a whip or, or a white man calling a black woman a black bitch, we're going to think about slavery. Simple as that. Most of our brothers that aren't taking care of our women now, a lot of our shit is tied to that trauma. But more importantly, is that mental trauma. And we have to change our mentality, man. We have to change our mentality from being slaves into being those that were enslaved. You know what I mean? Because, listen, it's a difference between being a slave and being enslaved. When you're enslaved, that means someone had a deliberate plan to capture you, trick you, and to put you to work. Now, sometimes life is unfair, right? But at the end of the day, enslavement is a lot different than going along and being a follower. And a lot of times we think of slaves as that. Now, a lot of our culture now, you can ask, you know, what, what do you think we fit in that? I'll leave that up for discussion. But to wrap it up, challenge the, those narratives of slavery, you guys. No matter who you are in this country, you're hearing this, challenge that narrative of slavery. Look that shit up. Look it up. See what you think. Come with your own conclusion. Hit me back up. You can leave comments below. But I'll thank you guys for episode two. And one thing I'll just say to leave it out is happy Black History Month. Shout out to everyone that supports it. Shout out to everyone that's part of Black Lives Matter. Even if you support it, even if you don't, shout out to you. And shout out to everybody that has melanin in them. Shout out to everybody that loves melanin. Shout out to everybody that just likes seeing melanin. Because that's what this is about. This is all it's about. All right? Let your melanin grow. Shine on that. And I'll see you guys next time. All right?